Welcome back to the Girls Talk Ag podcast, Plowing Through the Manure Online. Um, this week, we're going to have a very interesting conversation, like always. Have we had a non-interesting conversation yet, you guys? Absolutely not. No. There's other podcasts for that if you want to be bored. But anyway, we're going to talk about touching the consumer without going to jail. Like, we want to have a conversation about... Um, Consumer conversations, I guess. It seems to be a very important part of something that that a lot of people in the industry are striving towards is, quote unquote, educating the consumer. Uh, and uh, yeah, Jen educate. is a fan. No. She loves it. <laughs> yeah. And Karen just got back from uh, Common Ground, which in Michigan, that is a festival where you go and get drunk and smoke drugs. But apparently... In the advocate circles, it's not that. So I was really surprised. I was like, woo, Karen, get on with your bad self. And then she's like, no, it's a, it's an advocate conference. And I was like, oh. I did not call it an advocate conference. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I inserted words. So I've got Karen and Jen with me this week. Say hi, guys. Hello. 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 Yeah, I am really, I'm going to be honest. I am not involved in this whole idea of of educating the consumer um my goal a lot of times is is to educate the the farmer how the elevator works and that's that's more of has been more of of my um direction i guess you could say uh but now that we've been put into or we decided to start this podcast here um i think we've been lumped into an interesting group of people maybe i'm wrong i don't know i think you need hashtag advocate in your um profile on twitter there, yeah, but i'm still not going to be the king of advocates like sean is no <laughs> so none of, shout none out of to ed- sean yeah he's great he is i am just impressed with his facebook abilities and everything but in any event um yeah we've been kind of now that we are um you know we have we're up to three listeners and um one is my mom hi mom uh you know we some people think that we I think are involved in this discussion. I'm not sure. Karen, you uh, fill us in on how you decided or how you ended up going to common ground and what your experience was. And, and we'll kind of direct the conversation from there perhaps. Well, I will start with saying the most interesting thing was I have not been to a conference in years where I actually had to wait in line to go to the bathroom. <laughs> right. <laughs> So that was a little bit interesting, but now I was asked to go to the Common Ground Conference by our um, communications director, Trisha Braid, at Illinois Corn Growers. Illinois has not been involved in this program as of yet because we had our own program called Illinois Farm Families, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But she asked me to go to Common Ground with her just kind of as our um, parlay, I guess, into the Common Ground for Illinois. So I really didn't have any idea what to expect, and most of the I really don't go to conferences that much, you know, more workshops and seminars. And so this was my first non-agronomic conference to go to in a while. But I will say that it was nice to get a little bit of a break from the dicamba debacle. So that in itself was nice. Bleep that out. Right, dicamba. (laughs) So. I wasn't going to bring it up, Karen. You did. I wasn't either. That's. It was kind of a good few days away, but I did talk to some of the commodity groups from Missouri and Arkansas, um, their state staff people about it, and with a, another seed company person. So it was, I, I didn't get totally away from it, but it was a much more mature conversation than what we usually see on Twitter. So, but, so they just focused on common ground. They had um, one of the main speakers was from the Center for Food Integrity, and which... I guess I've only heard two speakers from there, and I've enjoyed them both. But it was mainly their thing is, you know, be credible, stay positive, don't don't sling the crap if people, well, they didn't say that word, that's my word. You know, don't sling it back if they're slinging it at you. Um, and, you know, and, and not just, you know, you don't have to do everything on a big level. You don't have to be the media person on national TV. You know, you can talk with people in your own tribe that may have questions and just, you know, to be a good resource and things like that. I think that that is one thing I was going to say about anything like Indiana uh, Family of Farmers, Illinois Farm Families, Common Ground, any tribe that you're in. That's that's an excellent place to get information that you don't necessarily know or are an expert on. I think that that's key. 
Well, not only that, but they're saying, you know, you don't have to go looking for consumers. You can make a difference, you know, if there are people at your gym that you work out with or with, you know, right. sitting at your, you know, child's soccer game and the mom next to you says something and, you know, you can answer her and, I think you since know, social conversations that way. Yeah, I think since social media has come into effect, we feel like we have to have far reaching instead of staying local when really, yeah, the person next to you can get just as much you know, from a conversation as you can on social media. And the other thing is you want to, you know, talk to the people who are in the middle ground. You don't want to fight the extremes at either end. Oh, don't even get me started on that. So So in the middle ground, there are people who, you know, probably have questions and may want, you know, may be amendable to what you have to say as a farmer, as opposed to somebody who already has their view completely established. Yeah, you're you're never going to change their mind. But I'm gonna stay positive this podcast. I swear. No, I, I know, I, I don't, I don't think we even. I mean, it's not about negativity. I think it's about uh, the old adage of you know, never wrestle with a pig. You both get dirty, and the pig likes it. Or never argue with an idiot. You know, the the argue with an idiot one where uh, the other one will beat you with experience or whatever it is. You know what I mean? And and so I've seen it a lot of times. Yeah, there's that. There's a couple people on. Twitter that I've seen in the past that, you know, they're just, they're just, you know, like a vegan troll or something of that nature. And and I've seen um, ag Twitter engage with them. And I'm just like, just ignore them. You're not, yeah, you're not do. doing I anything, mean, you know. It, to, it becomes down to who started the crazy. Are, are you the one who yeah. picked the fight with them or did they pick the fight? No one knows anymore. And yeah. if they've made up their mind, that that's not a conversation. That's just a fight. And yeah, the only stupid. thing you're going to do is is sway maybe the mindset of the middle ground people who watch the argument and see it boil down into stupidity and and then next thing you know they're oh, I never thought about all of a sudden they're they're giving um this person um free reign or give, thinking about the things that this person's putting out there and it's just foolishness. You know, it's yeah, it's one of it those is. things where um yeah, you want to engage with the people who want to be engaged with and who are open to have a good conversation with. There are people in this world, whether it's politics, religion, or where your food comes from, that are going to be closed-minded no matter what. And you can yell as much as you want to. They're still not going to hear you. Um, right. Like somebody telling me the Cardinals are better than the Cubs. Whatever. I don't need that negativity. Go home. Right. You're not <laughs> changing your mind. My sister still had the best Cardinals joke ever. The only reason that the the St. Louis fans are Cardinals fans is because they have their head up their poo holes, which was really a lot funnier <laughs> when Albert Pujols was there. Yeah, it was hilarious at the time. I was getting ready to go to St. Louis, actually, and it was right after they beat the Tigers the year before when they'd gotten far. I don't I don't remember if they were quite in, you know, they, they I don't know. I don't remember how far they'd gone. Every year blurs together. All I know is it ends in disappointment for me as a Tigers fan. At least it has over the last 10 years. And But that's what she said. So I was like, yep. So yeah, suck it, Cardinals fans. But we love you. Thanks for listening. Anyway, um... You know, it's one of those things where, you know, you have to be aware of who you're engaging right in the conversation that you're having. Was that a conversation? You know, did you guys discuss that a lot, Karen? Or is that something that just kind of was an underlying? More about, you know, how you react to a situation. There was, I will admit, there was some role playing, which I wasn't really. I hate adult role playing. I wasn't uh. comfortable in participating in. So most of the time our table just kind of threw out and brainstormed ideas to begin with. Anyone that puts a conference together, let's pause this right now. We are adults. We forgot how to imagine round about the age of 10, if we ever knew. Don't ask me to role play. Like, yeah, unless it's a either. maid's costume and I'm going to get something decent out of it later on. No, thank you. <laughs> anyway, back to the so, role okay, playing. That's like the that. dirty stuff. <laughs> <In> some of them. <laughs> you know, there'd be situations, you know, and, you know, how, how, and we did one where, you know, how do you want to react and then how should you react and. One of them was a situation on Facebook where somebody you know, said it was terrible that they cut the chickens' heads off before they, before they you know, process them and blah, blah, blah. And so Trisha, who is with me, she said, well, technically, the animals prefer to be dead before we eat them. So it's not really a bad thing. You know, something like that. And, you know, well, what do you think about the, you know, glyphosate and Ben and Jerry's ice cream? And we're like, ooh, more ice cream for us. It's okay. You don't have to eat it kind of stuff. So. I mean, that part was okay, but then it was like, okay, here's this situation, and 
And for me personally, I mean, being factual is one thing, but I'm very technical. And I think that kind of makes it worse for me because there was this one where it was a situation that there was a crop dusting plane and it was spraying dicamba. So oh, they did bring dicamba. And, um, and it had, and there was another one and I was just like, well, what state were you in? You know? And, and there was another one where, you know, you put this much herbicide on an entire football field. And, and I spent like three hours going through every herbicide rate in my head, trying to figure out what was in a 12 ounce cup. And then I finally came up with it three hours later. I'm like, but that wasn't the only thing in the cup. So technically it's, it's more than, you know, just things like that. I'm like, which the consumer probably doesn't want it that technical, but in my head I need to well, bring it yeah. back a little bit, I guess. So, and, and, then, and I think you can role play all you want. I don't think that when the opportunity arises, it, it becomes emotional because it, it either becomes very emotional and very technical at the same time. And you don't react because it is a reaction. Role playing isn't going to help a reaction. Yeah. And the, another one was, you know, there was a plane that went by and the someone complained that it smelled. Well, what what is it that smelled? And I said, well, it was the insecticide that smelled. Yeah. Well, you know, how do you know that? Well, because I know what an insecticide smells like. (laughs) Yeah. Right. I mean, and so, which wasn't the answer they were going towards, but I mean, that's the answer. What smelled in that, what they were talking about was the insecticide. So I just have to, I mean, I'm so technical and I guess that's what makes me good at my job, but I need to change that a little bit, I guess, to talk more to the average consumer, but. Do you think the average consumer though appreciates someone with a little bit more, um, knowledge though giving them insight or no i mean i guess it depends on who it is you know if it was somebody in my tribe or in my group of friends if i didn't answer in a blunt way they would think maybe i was hiding something (laughs) yeah i don't think that's who they would expect me to be but i don't think your average consumer who isn't asking a farmer a question purposely gives two shits about where their food comes from as long as it's cheap and available well, it's kind of like a, and that's really true. I mean, but that's, it's, it's a, going back to the insecticide and the, the plane and everything like that. It's kind of like a couple of weeks ago or last week where I don't know if you guys saw it, but the Des Moines news reported, you know, it was breaking news and it was this, that, and the other thing. And people had been contaminated with a spray plane and blah, blah, blah. And, you oh know, my gosh. And- I didn't see that. Did you actually see it? I saw the article. I didn't see what, you know, what had happened or whatever, but I, I, Post it out, you know, here's your yearly yearly freak out because it detasselers got sprayed by fungicide and inspe- insecticide. You know what I mean? Like so, you knew So was you, it detasselers? Yeah. And the wind okay, had blown it their way. Yeah. And was, like guys in like space suits, hazmat suits had to come in, right? Yes. Yeah. Monsanto. Oh it wasn't God. Monsanto. It wasn't Monsanto's group or whatever that there wasn't anything but they came in with their knowledge on decontamination and they decontaminate and you had a bunch of people that were complaining of of headaches and nausea and dizziness and you know that's what the local fire departments are supposed to do yes is decontaminate which it was handled perfectly i mean they had a bunch of groups come in they took care of them but the thing that that i struggle with is is the reaction is is right on right protocol wise but your Joe Schmo in downtown Des Moines, who's never been exposed to any sort of agricultural experience, you know, is assuming, though, that these are because they'll say, well, people were complaining of blah, blah, blah. Well, how many times have you if someone's told you that they just had the stomach flu and a day or two later, you're like, oh, my God, do I have the stomach flu? You know what I mean? Well, yeah, like, you, so you, your body. Yeah. you Your mind just plays tricks on you. I mean, that's all it is. I mean, you know. That's why, and I'm not saying, I'm not trying to downplay, you know, like if, if there was a, a spray plane that saw a detasseling crew in that field and still continued to spray, it's an entirely different story than, you know, the detasselers had shown up and the wind blew. You know, the other day I was walking with Colton and the dogs and uh, the spray plane flew overhead two or three times and you could tell he was trying to gauge, you know, how far away from, from me he would be. 
And uh, he he made a couple runs through the field, and then he, I think he decided that since I was walking, he didn't want to chance it, and took off and went and did something else, and then five minutes later came back. I mean, they're very conscientious, but it just frustrates me because the the average consumer will hear you know the dizziness and nausea and think that we're spraying something on a field that we we shouldn't be. So I I, that's I the media though the media yeah. is sens- sensationalizing that. Well, but that's why I was going to say I appreciate your knowledge in that, Karen, because I don't know. You know, to me, I'm always like, well, they're not going to aerial apply anything anymore that could cause extreme human um, suffering or something of that nature. Aerial applicator is going to spray a mom pushing a stroller, walking with two dogs down a road. Yeah. I mean, they're not stupid. Yeah. They don't want you to own their plane. That's just it. For that matter. Right? And that's why. And, you know, to me, I grew up where you had spray planes all year because you just, it was, it was a constant. It wasn't just fungicide season. It was June, you know, May, soon as you're planted through harvest, basically. And so to me, oh my gosh, we used to, when we were kids, they used to spray over the house while we were out playing. It never even crossed their mind. I'm to, you know, there'd be times where you'd smell it and it was something bad or my dad would call over and say, hey, they're going to put blah, blah, blah on that field, get the kids kids inside for a little bit. I mean, but the rules now and the regulations are, and maybe I just trust so well, much that the so rules and regulations are there. But. People who live in the country also, the, the applicators are not stupid. I mean, yeah. They know. And they will, I mean, if you ask them, they could produce you the application map of where they did stop and start. And some of them have had to do that because... It was a couple years ago, but there was a road crew that said they got sprayed, and they produced the maps of where they sprayed, and they did not spray that crew, but that crew was trying to, you know, pull a fast one, and in a litigious society, and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, they're going to cover their butts. They know, and they have their application maps where they did and didn't spray, and they know the wind speeds and how fast their aircraft was going, and all of those things. And they're not going to put their livelihood in jeopardy any more than you would put your own. No. Exactly. And that's, but like I was saying, you know, going back to your original point is of being too detailed or whatever, to me, I would appreciate your detail in that where you could say those things, where you could be like, no, that's not. And like you said, it it smells of insecticide or, you know, stuff like that, where you, you know. That may be the difference between knowing the person you're talking to personally yes. and, and a stranger. Yeah. But did they talk about engaging with strangers? Like, are we supposed to engage with strangers, just randomly have a conversation with them in the middle of the Walmart? Um, you know, like- there was one situation where they had talked about, you know, somebody in line in front of you had said something you knew was clearly wrong. Would you jump in to help them, you know, answer their question? And it just kind of it depended. A lot of people said they would they would say something. Um, but it, it was the the situation was. Um, the person in front of you is purchasing uh, some sort of produce and it doesn't say that it's organic and so she asks and the cashier responds in a way that the cashier is not supposed to respond and so it was just kind of a, a weird a little bit of an odd situation but most of them said that they would talk to the person in line in front of them but you know if it if it's a small town it might be someone they know would you would you talk to the person in front of you would you speak up i wouldn't it would depend on the mood I was in. Most of yeah. the time, I'm not in a very good mood when I'm at the grocery store. I'm never in a mood to engage someone randomly. I'm sorry. I'm never going to be like, hey, hi, how are you? That's I not think it depends on the. I think it depends on their demeanor, too. Yeah, I mean, if they're I like. Say, yeah, if they were, you know, seriously seeking information, I wouldn't let them hang there. Yeah. Right. But if, if they're, if they say something like, this doesn't say organic. I don't think I want it because I only purchase organic. I'd be like, there. That's a useless fight to me, right. or not a fight, but that's a useless conversation because they're willing to pay for it. And my my thing is is that if you're willing to pay for it, that's fine. But I don't think everyone can can't afford it, so I don't think we need to push any one thing on everyone. I don't right. think anyone. And, and they're do all that. about choice, but I mean, it right. Was- it wasn't, you know, necessarily seeking out people. It wasn't seeking out people to educate. It was talking to people who asked you questions. And so right. one of the things that Common Ground did was they had a button at the grocery store um, in the produce section. And it said, you know, if you have a question or you'd like to talk to a farmer, hit this button. And then one of the ladies came out. Um, 
And so but I've that seen was, that commercial. It's kind of cool. Yeah, they have done the, the commercial. So, but that was, you know, somebody who was willingly wanting to ask a question. And then the ladies from Common Ground, you know, came to answer their questions. It wasn't. Or, or their kid pushed the button accidentally and then they pant. <laughs> wow. Right. <laughs> I'm sure they would have let them off the hook if that happened. But <laughs> the. It would make sense. So they just kind of hang out at the grocery store to answer questions. Do they, have they done that? Is that has there they been? Had done it at a, they that? had yeah. This was an actual at a grocery store. They did this and they also filmed it. Did um, it work well for them? Did they like it? Was it? I mean, did it seem to be well received? Um, by the people who asked questions, I think they sincerely had questions, and yes, they were answered. So That's good. I mean, I don't yeah. know how. I mean, I'm sure not everyone in the grocery store had a question, but for those who wanted to engage and ask questions, I think it was very helpful. Yeah. Um, the one lady, well, the, yeah, on the video it shows, but the one lady asked, you know, how do I get my kid to eat, you know, what I put on his plate? And the farmer from Nebraska said, well, dip it in chocolate first, which, <laughs> right. you know, it's obviously, <laughs> I mean, it's true. I mean, that's the only way you're going to get a kid to eat everything. <laughs> dip it in so chocolate. that was interesting. But that yeah, the main like thing was... It'd be credible, it'd be positive, and, um, but, I mean, I think the main point is, yeah, if you're sitting at a soccer game next to someone you know, I mean, a lot of my friends don't have any ag background, so. I don't have any you know, friends. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, I really, like, you know what I mean? Like, I guess maybe well, when Colton gets into soccer. Well, play but, something. Yeah. yeah. Right now, I'm just like, oh, yeah, anyone that I talk to would just be, like, the random lady at the grocery store and I'm the same as you are. I'm just in such a hurry. I love grocery shopping, but I hate interacting oh with people. I Jen, uh, you are our queen when it comes to advocating. Um, tell us your experience. I mean, what are you seeing? And I know you hate the, you hate the educating the consumer part and this whole idea. I don't know where you all of a sudden picked up this idea that you're going to always be positive, but that's stupid. <laughs> So you know, I'm, I'm not a fan of educating the consumer. I just don't see where it's our job to educate anybody. If they want to learn and ask questions, I say, great, ask us because farmers are willing and open to talk about what we do. We love what we do. We believe in what we do and we know what we're doing. Well, I don't, but most everybody else does. Um, but, um, just to randomly walk around and educate people seems so bizarre to me. I mean, the people who make the cars we drive every day don't randomly walk around and educate you on how safe cars are. Um, I don't know. It's so weird. Let's educate the consumer. No. Um, yeah, it goes back that's to the like, con conversation. We've that's had. like saying consumers are stupid. Well... <laughs> Who starts a program by saying, okay, we think you're stupid, so we're here to educate you? That's not the case at all. Right. <laughs> I'm sure we can think of a few examples of people that have done this. Don't get me ahead. wrong. There, well, I, there are, there, and there are stupid people out there. Don't get me wrong. That's, <laughs> you're not going to change it, though. I mean. Uh, you're not going to change it. But but also, it's I think just that's like, the difference between the, the programs that actually succeed and those that don't. Yes. And I would agree 100%, Karen. I think that's it because I don't, you know, like, okay, so I blog. Hello, Jennifer Campbell's a blogger. I hate that word, but hey, I am. Hey, hey, what? Are you going to share your meatloaf recipe right now? Oh, I, I'll i put it up on my blog. I promise. I, appreciate I know that, that that's like a, that's like a classic blogger thing. Share your meatloaf yeah, recipe. Yeah, but anyway. So uh, blog. But, actually, okay, oddly enough, I have pictures of my meatloaf. So I'd rather, Jen, you just make a meatloaf and come drop it off at my house. Wouldn't that be awesome? But she has pictures of her meat loaf. <laughs> meatloaf delivery. Pictures of my meat loaf. So I do. And so but it's, my theory behind that is, is that there's a couple theories. We uh, So Indiana Family of Farmers, um, which is um, basically funded by commodity groups here in Indiana, as well as Farm Bureau and... and um, what do you want to call those uh, organizations? That's what you want to call them. Organizations like that got together this group of people and said, farm wives need to start telling their stories. And one of the ways was was blogging. And, um, and, and then from that, they decided that really consumers, 
so to speak, people out there wanted recipes. They just wanted recipes. And if you took these recipes that farm wives make and, you know, and throw in a little bit of egg here and there, they're going to come for the recipes and hopefully learn a little bit about egg. And so that's kind of how I got started in that. Um, and I think it's a great concept. You know, I suck at blogging, to be honest with you. I'm not very religious about it. And um, I'm also a very basic farm wife cook, I guess. I mean, we like meat and potatoes. We don't do things fancy. And so sometimes it seems weird to you like... make funnel cakes at home. I, I do make funnel cakes at home. But, but, you know, fancy, sometimes, fancy. Sometimes it seems so weird to post a recipe for... Um, sausage gravy and biscuits because in my world doesn't everyone know how to make sausage gravy it's easy i um, do not have any idea <laughs> yeah really? me neither, no concept i know it probably you take the sausage drippings mix up some like and stir it in there and then you have sausage gravy well, I, I suggest no shit well, but it's delicious that's my sister makes it. i would probably fail yeah one time and I made see, a that's macaroni so weird and cheese to me with a roux, and it was great, but that's it. One yeah, time. See, see, and that's so strange to me that I just figured everyone knew how to do that. So I'll guess I can post meatloaf and Once sausage. Again, Jen is the higher egg elite. <laughs> right? That's why. Maybe we. Maybe I could get rich by giving cooking lessons in my kitchen. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, that was the concept, was to bring these these people in who were searching how to make sausage gravy on the internet, and then not only do they get the recipe, but then they're like, oh, you raise pigs? Oh, do you, you know, so so pork, you know, how do you raise your pigs? Or, you know, they're antibiotics, which we don't have time to get into antibiotics, but we will someday. But, you know, there's just a whole, it, it kind of um, funnels like funnel cake, funnels down into let's start with a broad concept and, and anyone who does have questions can now find a place to, to, to ask those questions and get some answers so from the source. who followed the Real Farm Wives of Indiana and all of you bloggers mm-hmm. in that group from the beginning, I really honestly did not have any idea that's what your message was. It was so subtle that I didn't, I mean, it, it was never in my face. I didn't even recognize that right. that's what you're doing at first. Thank you. Which is so, good. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's it wasn't my brainchild at all. Um, and, and the girls who came up with that are are amazing and have constantly always, let's see, we've been doing this for nine years. Oh my gosh, has it been that long? And um, they are constantly on the cutting edge of what is coming in social media and what needs to be done to keep this message moving forward. Um, it's almost like uh, I know gorilla Car- advocating. You know what I mean? Like gorilla marketing is supposed to be you do it so subtly right. no one knows that you're pushing them in that direction. To me, exactly. that makes sense. Yeah, and to me, and, and that was, was the watching concept. you guys, it was, so you each had it and you could tell you were kind of all, it almost seemed like all of you were friends and it was just kind of like watching your friendship in certain things. Cause one would talk about the birthday parties and you know, the cakes and different things that they've made for that and, and the different recipes and how they came in. It just, I don't know. It kind of seemed like you guys really all were like a little tribe. And it's funny because actually we are, we talk every day in a group text and um, actually I'm camping this weekend with two of the girls that, that started that, that, was part of the beginning of that. Um, and we do. And it, and then it's so we can always bounce off each other, you know, oh, you know, like I raise hogs. So if someone, you know, is doing a pork recipe or something, they can always link back to something. Oh, Jen was talking about working or vaccinating hogs the other day. And so, so like I have two blogs. So one is all recipes and one is farm life. So you can link like if you come for a recipe to farm wife feeds, there's usually a link to something ridiculous going on in my house or something that you can click on and go to my other blog that that takes you a little more in depth into farm life. And let's talk about that because I think all of our listeners need to know about farm wife drinks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. So so four of us started. Um, a group then from that four of us started a group about two years ago that is um, farm wife drinks, farm wife cooks, farm wife feeds and farm wife crafts. So, I mean, we've basically covered every area you could want. Um, All of them have recipes, but then farm wife crafts has crafts for your kids and, and adult crafting. 
and you know Leah has farm wife drinks, so there's cooking with liquor and there's drinking with liquor and drinking mm-hmm. more liquor and, and and everyone wants to be Leah's best friend and neighbor. Yeah. Yes. Which which I will say is a bonus because I get to taste test about everything. And um and then cooks, um Liz cooks, you know, hers is a lot of crock pots and, and th- family things. And then mine usually is recipes, but it's usually there's a little more farm life thrown into there, how to cook fast <laughs> and, and really simple things that I guess I thought everybody knew how to make. So I do oh. not know how to make sausage gravy. Okay, well, I'll be posting that one then. <laughs> so, but the, but the concept was, was let's bring people in for things that they want. And if we get that message through to them subtly, then there is then there is a place that they know they can go if they have further questions or want more answers. I like that idea. Yeah, it seems like it's been a pretty um, successful program and for you guys. It really has. And, and like I said, the girls who started that and are still like I talk to every day, they're always on the cutting edge of what's going on in social media um, or blogging. Um, I know that at your conference, Common Ground, when they said that uh, Facebook Live, right. go, do Facebook Live. We've been doing Facebook Live for a year. Yeah. Um, Paramore Digital did a presentation on the last day and they were they were pretty funny. <laughs> But that was the first thing he said. I'm like, yep, Jen's been telling Angie and I we need to be on Facebook Live. Mm-hmm. And- <laughs> yeah. Facebook Live. I mean, you know, and Facebook analytics are a whole nother other podcast as well. But, you know, I'm we're really lucky in the fact that uh, Chris, which her blog is Recipes That Crock, which is huge as well. And she she's always on the cutting edge of what you need to be doing. Like, you know, the recipe videos, the YouTube is huge. Facebook Live, if you're into Facebook and that's where your crowd's coming from, Facebook Live is huge because it is solely on Facebook and Facebook promotes it because it's their thing. You know, it's very, um, it's weird to do it at first, but once you start doing it, it's kind of fun because if no one wants to watch it, they don't, and I just get to ramble and I get to say whatever I want. And well, I went up and talked to the digital presenters afterwards, and I said, "Oh, well, we do this podcast. You know, what do you suggest?" And he's like, "Oh, you should tape a podcast live." And I was just like, first of all, we're probably none of us are dressed to be on camera while we yeah. while we podcast." <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and I'm like, and plus we're not in the same spot. She's like, you're not. I'm like, no. Uh, Angie's in Iowa. I'm in Illinois, and Jen's in Indiana. And I said, oddly enough, I've never even seen Angie in person. No. <laughs> Play well, be at the Farm Progress show, but yeah, 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 partying there. So we're gonna do this big thing where Angie and Karen run in slow motion to each other. No, I'm just kidding. Right. I think that <laughs> no would be one hysterical. wants to see this run in slow motion. <laughs> Well, you go ahead and just pour yourself a nice big fat bowl of jello and smack it and that's what you get with me running in slow motion yeah just it yeah yeah go to sleep with your wife and that image in your head tonight that'll be nice <laughs> um i just I, I think going back to the subject i think that if you keep it i don't want to say not you don't want to treat consumers like they're stupid, but I think that you need to, I was going to say be on their level, but that means that you're higher. I, 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 I just think everybody's on the same level. I just don't know everything about how to make a car. So if I had a question, I'm going to ask someone who manufactures cars. That's the problem, I think, with today's society is we all assume since we have the internet at our fingertips, we all know better than anyone else how to do the things that we don't know how to do. You know what I mean? Like, And I, yeah, and I think that's another valid thing that I that I always say is, is that you can read anything you want on the internet. You can Google anything and come up with a what, what appears to be a valid scientific uh, proof of your point of view yeah is it is it factual probably not might be i don't know but so i think that the key is to make sure that you're reading the right stuff and that you're asking the right people um and i think the key is providing the right stuff right there's no truth in advertising on the internet yeah so 
Abe Lincoln said that, didn't he? Yep. Right. You can do whatever you want. Um, Abe puts a lot of stuff on the internet lately. So. I know, I know. Pretty smart guy. It's amazing. Yeah, we like him. But no, I mean, that's, yeah, you can you can find anything out there that will support your argument. And that's what also is is a, a conflict or a, a struggle that you will have in a conversation with consumers. And and so, you know, like I said, I, I mean, you've always, I think you've got to be aware of who you're trying to talk to um, when it comes down to, to having that conversation. And I mean, um, like you said, Jen, you don't want to take yourself down. You don't want to think that you need to take yourself down to their level because that's that's foolishness. That's you thinking that you're in an elevated level of some sort you because you're. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like in English. You know, we learned a long time ago, and my, with my English degree, your your audience, you have to treat your audience like it's a fifth grade. You assume your audience is of a fifth grade level, basically. It's what they teach you when you're putting stuff together and and i think that's where conversation comes into play i mean talk and the more you talk the more you're going to find out oh this person knows more about insecticides than i thought so we can talk Mm -hmm. you know we can we can step it up and we can talk the other thing i think you need to do is is know what you can and can't talk about personally i will talk about livestock i can't talk about dairy cows I know nothing about dairy cows. Yeah. Um, they give me milk. I like milk. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's where part of this tribe thing comes in. Like, I know who I can go to for dairy information that is reliable and hands-on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's been the one nice thing about this podcast, I think, is that I've learned, I've met a lot of really knowledgeable people who are interested in sharing that knowledge. Um. And so that's always really nice, you know. And yeah, and, and you know, not only that, like I, I can talk hogs with you if you want, but I, I have friends who have uh, larger farms than we do and smaller farms. And so y- there's so many, so much within even one commodity that you can learn. And, and I think that's why you need to build that base and, and things like common ground where you, where the people you're you know where to go to ask questions you can't answer. Yeah. Right, and on the Common Ground website, which is Find Our Common Ground, they have resources that anyone can use. So, right, that's nice. And the Illinois Farm so, Families has <clears throat> a lot of resources on theirs too, as I'm sure your Indiana growers do too. But and the main thing with Indiana the, Family of Farmers, yeah, Indiana Family of Farmers. Okay, and the main thing is too; these are supported by a lot of, of by check up check off funds. And they're not from corporate. So you can use these resources and talk to these people about farmers. And if someone hates Monsanto, they don't have to hate farmers, too. So that's kind of important, with, I think, with these types of groups. I think because there are other types of groups that are corporate sponsored. Right. And, and so they're all out there. It's just, yeah, where you want to. But I think the farmer sponsored ones are more consumer it's credible, easier i guess is what more I consumer say. credible i would i would agree consumer credible because i mean they're supported by farmers there's you no one can say oh well you have an agenda how about that right you know the illinois farm families are all the commodity groups in illinois with beef pork soy corn dairy and also the farm bureau which i think is kind of what your indiana is and where common right. ground is um a lot is based on the national corn growers um, but there were some other, right. like, when, at the conference, the Georgia peanut people were there, and um, there was a sugar beet group, and so different commodities. But, you know, none of the baggage that comes with the big ag corporate-type funding. So. And now, um, we talked earlier about uh, co- USB was a huge supporter of Common Ground, right? Right, and they are and, until um, the end of this fiscal year. But And then we got to talking about why they had... I don't want to say they backed out, but they chose to go a different direction. They, um, they changed the priorities of their organization. Right. USB. And, uh, they now, went who's con- US, USB? United Soybean Board or US? United Soybean okay. Board. Just making sure. So anyway, so, USB was involved and now they're moving They're moving their way. Well, they moved from, from my understanding is, and I don't represent USB in any way whatsoever, was moved from more of a consumer point of view to more sustainability. They changed their focus. Um which I I've said 
I've said before, as a farmer, um, I sell wholesale products, food inputs. I don't I don't sell food. So for me, being consumer focused with my checkoff dollars, um, I don't know how I felt about that exactly. Being all positive like I'm being today. Um, She's lying. Of course, I also... Right. Yeah. But that's I for also, I also f- hate the word sustainability. So maybe we better just stop here and I'll stay positive. Right. That's what I'm really proud of you. I'm... I know this positivity thing. Ooh. Um, yeah, no, I, 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 yeah, we'll have a conversation later on about checkoff, of course, because that's a whole conversation in and of itself. But um, to me, I, 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 I won't be positive that. Day. Yeah, I don't know. To me, checkoff's number one job is expanding business. So whatever it takes to make that happen. But I do know that the the world believes they're asking for sustainability or. People believe the world is asking for sustainability. Reality is the world just wants cheap, accessible food, in my opinion, but we digress. So, yeah, people want cheap, cheap, available food and the world wants the mother nature wants the world back and it's a constant. Yeah, battle, I so. guess that's how we. So my palette garden's sustainable. That thing's pumping out zucchini like it's its job. So everyone's getting a zucchini brownie for dessert after this podcast is over with fried zucchini that's really good i've been making zucchini um like those they're like supposed to be like breadsticks or whatever um there you make them i have no idea you should blog oh that i will you throw them in some flour you like spear them up and you throw them in flour and then toss them in egg and then put them in panko bread crumbs with parmesan cheese and bake them for a while and then dip them in pizza sauce oh so good I almost dipped them in ranch the oh. other day, but I thought that would probably be, you know, kind of screwing the point sort of deal if I did that. Like, oh, I'm going to have these healthy zucchini instead of uh, breadsticks and dip them in ranch. That means you can eat the ranch <laughs> because you're eating healthy. Yeah. So, I mean, overall, though, Karen, did your opinion on anything change going to this or did you just see, did your eyes, you know, did it open your eyes at all or anything that, that, uh, but I would say I got some good pointers, you know, I think it's, you know, it's important to tell your why and not just your how and what. That was kind of a main thing. And, you know, to do things, you know, wherever you can, you don't have to seek out, you know, high profile ways to, you know, advocate for agriculture. I'd say one thing that I maybe would take away from these organizations, I don't want to say that. I mean, I think they need to be careful with blanket statements. I think that that sometimes is going to get it, get these organizations in trouble. Yeah. Um, and the, um, I, the lady from the, I don't know exactly what it's called, but the pork, I don't know if she, national, national pork. pork. She had made that comment about antibiotics. And so I think, yeah, like you said earlier, you have to know what you're talking about. I mean, I can't talk about antibiotics. And I wouldn't ever dream to, just like I'm sure you wouldn't talk about the intricate issues of dicamba without me sitting here with you. No. So hell no. Yeah. So I mean, you still have to, you know, you have to be credible. So you have to talk about what you know, not what somebody else knows. And I and I think to me, if I'm talking to someone about something I don't know, I want someone to be honest with me and say, "Man, I just can't answer that question. I don't. I don't need someone BSing their way through it." Like if right. someone asks me, honestly, if someone asks me about dicamba, I'm gonna say, "Dude, I'm not allowed to touch chemicals on this farm." I, you know, I, I just don't. If you have a chemical question, I'm gonna say, "Let me ask Chris," or you need to ask at CGL Farm because. I don't touch chemicals. I got in trouble for riding in the sprayer the other day because there was some, I I don't know. I was in the sprayer trying to stay out of the way, just being, you know, riding for fun. It was July 4th. We killed some endros and I got blamed. I'm like, I don't even touch chemicals. How can I get blamed? Well, you were in my way. Like, no, the chemicals were in your booms. They were going to come out whether I was sitting in the, in the sprayer or not. Yeah. The chemicals were in the boom, Chris. They, it wasn't because I was sitting in the cab, but anyway. Why do you blame you? Wait, what? I was in his way. Christopher, come on. And he he killed the Indra. I saw that picture. I didn't know what happened, though. Whatever, oh you put your He's hand deep. on his leg and gave him a wink, and then he killed the endro, and right. that's what happened. Yeah, at least that see, was the, the excuse. The I killed the endro because right. Jen was feeling salty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
But, you know, yeah, he killed the Inros on the field at the main corner that he has to pass every day. <laughs> That's almost his karma. And karma, yeah. Chris. It was, it was karma. Yeah. Because, actually, it was karma because across the road from that is a bean field that I planted. And he made this big deal that I had to lay out the rows and the end rows perfectly because he passed it every day. And we were going to make them look nice. And I'm like, are you serious? It's that important? Oh, yes. They have to be squared off perfectly. And we need to do this with the auto steer on the roadside. And he did. He spent way too much time worried about it. And then he kills the end rows on the field across the road. So I'd say it's karma. Karma's a bitch only if you are. (laughs) Yeah. So can I tell you something exciting about this conference? Yeah. Yes. We have fans. More than just the three Angie mentioned in the beginning. Like the paper ones? Which is us. They have our <laughs> we were introducing ourselves around this really big table, and so you couldn't necessarily see people to the sides of you. And I started to introduce myself, and afterwards, uh, one of the ladies, who's Kelly Watley in Texas. Hi, Kelly. Hi, Kelly. She's like, she's like I recognized your voice we love as Kelly. soon as you started talking. <laughs> you recognized like, your voice? <laughs> yes. Not so. from that porno you were in in college, though, right? From the... The podcast? Well, I guess I guess she wasn't specific on that. But I'm going to say no because she was an upstanding person. So. <laughs> yeah. and, then, uh, and only trashy people would watch that. <laughs> and as I was introducing oh myself, my God, I, I said, uh, and I said, I, and, I, and, we, and I'm part of a podcast. And and then uh, Elizabeth, who's Beat Peep ID on Twitter, she's like, tell them the name of your podcast because she's been listening up in Idaho. So that was kind of fun, too. And well, that's fun. Look at that. Woohoo. Yeah, so we do. So maybe that's five. We have five now. And that's five fans. The three of us. Actually, six, because Angie's yeah, gone. Yeah, my mom's pretty So there's cool the three of it, us. Yeah. And there was one more, Elsie um, Wetzel, whose husband, her and her husband both are on Twitter, Chad. Um, she made it. Uh, she had talked about the hot mess moms, so she thought that was a great little hashtag. So We agree. I'm that's glad awesome that we can too. agree on something. Yeah. <laughs> we also think that's a great... I am one. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, so it's weird to be kind of recognized like that and have people... I mean, I guess it's just not the three of us anymore. <laughs> right. That's not it. Right. It is. We just, we just don't have a conversation and then listen to ourselves. That's why I do. I enjoy it. I always enjoy, like, last week's conversation on 4-H when I was editing it. I was... Uh, um. I cracked up and for a minute, like I forgot I was supposed to be editing. That's my problem sometimes. So if you ever get a really nasty curse word that slips through, it's just because I'm just listening and forgot that I'm supposed to fix that stuff. Um, Because sometimes I just will listen to our conversation and forget that it's us. And I guess that sounds weird to say, but we're pretty awesome. The other day that the other day there was um, a Facebook post. um, and I'll just leave it at that. But I had to go back. I literally went back and looked up um, our podcast on Thank a Farmer because I had to reassure myself that I was right and that we shouldn't be thanking a farmer constantly or whining that we work too hard. But, um, yeah, there was a Facebook post and I went, I'm going to take a deep breath and listen to this podcast. Right. <laughs> That's why, I don't know, sometimes it's really rough if your child goes a day without seeing their daddy as opposed to... Uh, you know, uh, those people out there who have children who don't see their dad for maybe the first year they're alive because they're in a war zone. But hey, hey, you know, what? thank a farmer. Uh, yeah. Thanks, guys, for. Hey, before we get too far, I want Jen to tell us about what the Indiana farmers do at her state fair. Oh, because I think that's a great oh, program. So I think, to be honest, I don't know a ton about it until this year because we are, you know, an Indiana farm family. Um, I think this is the third year they've done it. So they take um, a, a farmer, a different farmer from the state of Indiana, and they highlight them each day of the 17 days of the state fair. So our state fair starts. Uh, oh, my God, did it start today? Today, while we're recording this Friday. And runs for 17 days, and each day a different uh, farm family from around the state of Indiana will be highlighted. Um, and it's kind of cool. This year they've um, attached farmers to commodities, and um, we are the wheat family because, well, I like to 
say we don't raise a lot of wheat, but it's because I love wheat so much. <laughs> you do. And, ce- and celebrate Wheatmas. I do celebrate Wheatmas. Our whole whopping 40 acres of wheat to spread hog manure on um, is, is better than Christmas for me. Um, so we are funnel cake day um, to, because there's wheat used in funnel cake. Um, I think that one of the cooler ones this year is there's a farm family that raises um, hardwoods and... Um, they are uh, food on a stick day. Food on a stick? I want to be food on a stick day because sticks are made of wood. makes sense. I understand completely, but we won't get into my opinion on um, corn dogs. I uh, Well, your opinion on corn dogs was put out there on Twitter the other day, Angie. I saw it. I didn't want to argue with you because, well, you can't argue with stupid people. <laughs> exactly. It's a dry wiener. <laughs> like, how do you take a hot dog and make it more disgusting? You wrap it in stuff that sucks oh all of the God. moisture out of your mouth. Angie? It's a hot dog. It's cornbread. Wrong. And it's deep fried. And it's on a stick. So you are for valid reasons. <laughs> I just can't, man. That's like a fried spam sandwich. Also disgusting. <laughs> Cannot argue with a fool. Uh, so we will stop talking to Angie. So. <laughs> well, do you guys? So uh, it's kind of cool. Yeah. So each day of the state fair, then a different farmer is um, representing or, or I don't know. I don't want to say standing for, but representing a different food. Um it's kind of cool this year because Chris and I are doing wheat. And, um, so which day are you so everyone can come meet the Plow Wife? Right? The Plow Wife. August 10th, Thursday, Funnel Cake Day. Um, we'll be there all day. We get to ride a float in the parade. We get have you to, been working on your wave? I know, right? I have been working nice. on my wave. It's not the Forrest Gump wave either. I'm trying to be really fair princess wave. Yes. I'm working yeah. on it. Um, but this year my brother is, uh, raises tomatoes for red gold, um, him and his wife do, and they are salsa and ketchup day. So we're both going to be there. I think theirs is August 8th, maybe. And then some really good friends of mine who are also blog, which is farmwifecrafts.com. They are the beef farmers. So, um, it's really cool. cool. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. I'm impressed you have so many friends. I do, you know, I do. I really am. I do have That's friends. Good job, it's Jen. a little. It is. I, I am I not being sarcastic, and I'm not a people. Yeah, I am. I know. Cool. I'm not a people. Like my friend Karen lives in Illinois. Never met her in person. <laughs> <laughs> I always I like my friends in my phone because I don't have to like people the people with them if I <laughs> my don't. My friend want Jen to. met her once, a top producer in 2014. She's my bestie. <laughs> We've been drunk right. together <laughs> a couple times. Isn't that really what matters? We met yeah. Jen at a party at the Shark's house. Really? Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. wait, you weren't invited, Jen? Angie? Sorry, never mind. No. But did you guys put keys in a fishbowl? Because that's what I picture. <laughs> <laughs> that's why. So who's the lucky person that has to put the lotion on its skin? Just wondering. Sharks parties. That's what it's a little creepy, but so anything else you guys want to throw in there before we wrap her up this week? Uh, You know, really, you know, touching the consumer, not literally creepers, not literally. No, but actually, we did you go live from the state? Your your fair yesterday? I did. You were at your fair yesterday. Or I actually did a Twitter feed, a Twitter video of our. Um, County Farm Bureau does a large ag education exhibit that's free for any all those who come to our 4-H fair. And our 4-H fair is in Bloomington, which is a pretty large city. It's the home of State Farm and Illinois State University. So there's a lot of non-farm people in our 4-H. And so, yes, I have to actually go back there this afternoon and work another shift. But we play games and we have a minute to win it. And we have some little grocery store games and crafts. And we have some simulators so they can combine their own corn. And we have a lot of baby animals. And we do a scavenger hunt so, so they can see other parts of the fair and get rewards. So you need to go live on Facebook. I will go live on Facebook today from the Girls Talk Egg. And then, um, and, and I know that sometimes the periscopes don't always stay, but the Facebook lives do. Twitter so lives when this comes out Monday. Yeah. So when this comes out Monday, it, um, 
Girls Talk Egg Facebook Live from you at the fair will still be there for people to watch. That yeah, the one I did yesterday it cut off when I got farther into the building and I jumped in the trailer to do the combine simulator. I no longer had cell service, so that didn't work out. But <laughs> so I'll take some pictures too and post that because those you'll be able to see regardless of whether or not I have cell service. So. And um, but yeah, so you can do a lot of different things on the local level. You don't have to be a part of a large organization. Right. Um, but you can, like, things like Common Ground, you can um, talk to those. I mean, you can be involved in that. You don't have to be specially handpicked to be a super elitist like our friend Jen. But um, and, and that's the thing. Sometimes it's hard to jump in and not be invited to things like that. But I'm inviting you. Talk to Julie Penny yes. and to Missy Morgan at Common Ground if you want to be involved and talk to them and see what they can help do to help you and what you can be involved in. So, because I think a lot of that is, you know, they don't want to be pushy from common ground and, you know, and then you feel a little weird, you know, saying I want to volunteer, but let's, you know, yeah, let's do it. Let's everybody. Well, now that will get you arrested doing it with the consumer public with the consumer. Right. But but volunteer. Yeah. Yeah. Our local farm bureau does a lot of mom events and, you know, and we do some stuff. It's not just moms. Like we've done some luncheons at the hospital so that, you know, dietitians and nurses can come down on their lunch hour and talk to farmers and ask questions if they have them. We've done stuff at our Hy-Vee grocery stores. Um, we've sponsored um, local mom groups and, you know, brought them food and given them um, educational materials. Because a lot of the people in this area, there's larger homeschool groups. And so we've gotten them information and, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff you can do. And your commodity groups love volunteers for stuff like uh, United or United uh, Indiana Soybean. We have uh, the Glass Barn at the Indiana State Fair, and it they staff it the whole 17 days of the state fair with uh, farmer volunteers or or not even farmer, just volunteers, people who want to um, help spread the story of ag. Mm -hmm. So I mean. Yeah, there's groups everywhere that need volunteers. And I mean, I think it's, you know, just important to let your friends know that you're there, too, in case they have questions. So I volunteered yes, at the sure. uh, tiny, um, the animal barn that we had for Farm Bureau. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How many of them did you bring home, Angie? None. Although the tiny zebra almost made it into my car. Um, the only problem I had is we had baby chicks and we were like, you would let people see the baby chicks and, uh, God, other people's kids are like, it's just, you know what I mean? Like, it was really one of those things where I just, you know, let me see it. Let me hold it. Let me this, let me that. And parents do nothing. They just sit there like, okay, well, it's your job to discipline my kid now because I got a Facebook while he's busy, you know? And so it was really fun oh, to no. talk, talk with the other people but it was oh my god it just i can't people like you said i just i can't oh yeah we we do we do um here in johnson county they have they do fourth grade um tours during ag week where fourth grade classrooms can come out to the fairgrounds and you get you know um a talk in Scott Hall a bit from like Farm Bureau, the Beef Association. You go around all these stations and then you go out to the barns and there's, you know, a sow and piglets and a cow and, you know, whatnot. And we used to do that all the time. And I don't know if this is appropriate. Well, it right. is our podcast, but we we haven't done that in a while. But the last time we did it, and one reason we probably didn't go back was a little boy came through in fourth grade and we're standing there talking about this sow and her piglets that are like five days old. And this I watched this little kid and he's giggling and flicking her swollen vulva, oh. watching it bounce back and forth. I'm like, dude. And, and this is probably what got me kicked out. I'm like, dude, you need to stop that. Honey, stop that. Honey, do you want someone doing that right? to your parts? So, and then yeah. there came the I mean, assault the part- charges. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Assault right. charges filed. But I'm like, yeah, who, what, what kind of 
parent or teacher doesn't look at a kid and go, yeah, you probably yeah, shouldn't touch that. Yeah, let's not and say we did. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that was my struggle with, like I said, with the... Uh, and, and it was such a great deal because you saw so many kids come in and you know that they haven't seen a, you know, a calf or, or a, you know, exactly. a, a chick's hatch. Like it was, it was a neat experience, but then you, it just gets hard to, to keep control over, you know, it's just unfortunate sometimes that the, the bad apples can ruin it, it for is. everyone, but they still have it at our, at our fair, um, back in, in Eaton County, back to Michigan there. And then I see it a lot. Here in Algona, they have a uh, similar thing. I think it's pretty common nationally for farm bureaus anymore to, you know, they have pigs with, uh, that'll be having a pig, having piglets while the fair is going on, you know, and, and stuff like that. So it's, it's enjoyable. It's really I nice to see. Um, no. One more comment. Yes. What you got? I was just going to say, there's stuff you can do on your own too. So for National Ag Week, I took a bunch of books to my daughter's preschool and donated them to the teachers. They were all ag books I picked out and I just said, you know, happy National Agriculture Day. So. Yeah. Well, and I think. Which I think is a great idea. I think so too. All right. Well, I appreciate or we appreciate all seven of our listeners now. We're really moving on up in the world. One of these days, Amazon Prime is going to call us and be like, hey, we heard you're popular. We'd like to sponsor you. But until then, we'll keep working every day. So uh, thanks for listening. If you have some feedback, tell us what you do um, to to continue. You know, talk with your consumer locally, or if you do, uh, you know, what your opinion is on that. Uh, next week, we'll... or yeah. why you don't. If you don't, if you don't. yeah. Is it just because you don't like to talk to people like me, which is odd because of my job? I get it. When I tell people that I don't like to talk to people, they're like, <laughs> what? Yeah, I don't. But I, anyway, I'm here. So what are you going to do? Um, yeah. So thanks for tuning in. We'll be back uh, next week uh, with something super awesome to talk about, I'm sure, because it always is when we talk about it. So have a good one.